Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, it's Monday. I'm doing great. What else? Yeah, how else could I do, man? Monday, yeah, I love it, yeah. You told me you caught me off guard with that. I was waiting for a little bit of a different response. Last night, my air conditioner broke, so I had to sleep in the Florida Dude. Florida heat. Oh, man, it was rough. My wife loved it. She thinks I keep, you know, the, the common husband and wife uh, fight about it's too cold, yeah. it's too hot. And uh, she loved it. She was like, it was great. I slept like a baby. My daughter kind of, my youngest creeped in there and put the old oh. mattress in the room and, <laughs> and slept in there too. But it was a little hot. But uh, I'm raring to go. Today is yeah. a really stacked news day, including, folks, a monster, monster of a story from James O'Keefe's Project Veritas, which we're going right. to lead with today, which is, is sadly not going to surprise you. But Google executives caught on tape, caught on tape, basically mm. saying, man, you Trump people. Yeah, we got a surprise <laughs> for you coming up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Busted. This, I also have, don't go anywhere during this show. I also have. A video. It's a short video of of, of novel Ravenkant, this 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 gentleman, and it is oh, the yeah. best one minute summation of socialism I have ever heard. Right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it great? Oh, yeah. Don't go anywhere. I got that. Beautiful. I also got some stories uh, about our buddy Surkov, the Russian disinformation guy, who magically reappeared this weekend in a story that has managed to circumvent any media at all. Surkov, yeah, the guy who gave Christopher Steele, uh, according to his own account, information about Trump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at G-Code. G-Code, the best holsters out there. Listen, I carry a firearm, have a concealed carry permit, and I would not go anywhere without my G-Code holster. These are the best, including their new Phenom in the waistband holster, which is phenomenal. It is the best holster out there. Ladies and gentlemen, for more than 20 years, G-Code has produced what people like me and many other consider to be one of the finest holsters in the industry. Today, they lead the pack. They are 100% American-made products. All materials, all components sourced here in the great old USA. The owners of G-Code holsters are military veterans. They're meticulous about quality, innovation, and worksmanship. That's what you expect from our veterans. They're the best, the finest out there. Excellence drives everything they do, and every product comes with a lifetime warranty. Whether you're military, law enforcement, or civilian, G-Code has a holster for you. Check out the all-new G-Code uh, all Phenom. They're in the waistband holster. It is a game changer for comfort and concealability. You will not find another more effectively priced holster out there. This is a must-have. Order online at range5.com. That's range5.com. Range5.com. Use promo code Bongino for 15% off. If you have a firearm, you need a G-Code holster. Go to G-Code, promo code Bongino, 15% off. That's range5.com. Range5.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. All right, let's go. So Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's operation yeah. where they do a lot of undercover video. James O'Keefe has an explosive story today about Google. Now, uh, rather than explaining to you the whole story, I will have the link, by the way, the Project Veritas link in the show notes today. Please go there and read this and watch the whole video yourself. It is upwards of 25 minutes long. It's worth your time. Here's one of the key takeaways from this video. Now, a little background on it. This is an undercover Project Veritas reporter uh, at looks like a restaurant with a Google executive responsible for the development of their artificial intelligence, how that integrates into their search algorithms. And watch 
the language she uses when talking about the results of the 2016 election, where, of course, Donald Trump won. Pay particular attention to how this person in this position of responsibility at Google describes this. We all got screwed over in 2016. Again, it wasn't just us. It was like the people got screwed over. The news media got screwed over. So now we're rocking like, what happened there? How do we prevent it from happening again? <laughs> what? Ah. Wait, what, what did she just say? Ah. So this is a senior executive at Google responsible for the development of artificial intelligence components that'll determine what comes up when you do a Google search. Holy in other words, if you put in Donald Trump, does the first word that autofills and afterwards say Donald Trump sucks? Or does the first word say Donald Trump wins the 2016 election? Donald Trump's tax cuts have led to economic growth. Donald Trump's successful economic record. Ladies and gentlemen, these are real issues. Understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I know. Listen, I, I get it. I don't want to. I'm not dumbing down the content here. Most of you are familiar with how the Internet works. But when you go to a search engine like Google, it will autofill suggested responses. I'll give you a funny one mm -hmm. for me. If you put in Dan Bongino, one of the first things that comes up. Right, Paula? Is Dan Bongino's race. <laughs> but I, I don't know. People, I guess they, they think I'm Hispanic or Filipino or black. I'm Italian oh, and yeah, Irish. I've seen I, that. I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, it comes up if you, but I guess that's from uh, just understanding how Google searches work. You know, so my wife did for a living before we started this business here. You know, she did websites and database development. Optimizing your search engine stuff. If a lot of people are searching for a term like Dan Bongino's race, it'll autofill that like a suggested response. This is a big deal because, again, if you put in Donald Trump and the first word that comes up is colluded with Russia, all of a sudden you're going to get suggested responses that link to articles that are conspiracy theories yeah. that Donald Trump colluded with Russia when he did not. It's a lie. It's a it's a conspiracy theory fostered by media and liberal lunatics who want to de degrade the presidency of Donald Trump. So now we have an artificial intelligence executive at Google who works with these algorithms suggesting that we got, quote, screwed over in 2016 and that they're looking to prevent this from happening again. Folks, this is a huge story that I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. But I can almost guarantee you will avoid any mainstream media scrutiny whatsoever tonight. Sure. You'll probably see the story on Fox that does actual news. Mm -hmm. You'll see the story here where we're proud to do actual news. You'll see James O'Keefe out there. I, I, um, I put his link on the show notes, and I strongly encourage you to read it, Bongino.com. Also, if you join my email list, here's the piece, the title of the piece. If you just want to Google it yourself, you don't want to go to my website, it's fine too. Um, Project Veritas, insider blows the whistle and exec reveals Google's plan to prevent, quote, the Trump situation in 2020 on hidden camera. The Trump situation? Ladies and gentlemen, this is an enormous story. Now, from the piece, there's another interesting quote. I can't play the whole video. It's very long, and I encourage you to watch it at Project Veritas's piece. But from inside the piece, this is another just amazingly awful quote from this woman quote the report includes footage of longtime google employee and head of responsible innovation isn't that a title jen janai saying quote this is the google exec elizabeth warring is saying we should break up google and like i love her but she's very misguided 
Like, that will not make it better. I'm, this is a quote, by the way, all the likes. This is very Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. Like, that will not make it better. It will make it worse. Because all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. Jeez. It's like a small company cannot do that. <sighs> Wait, what? Come again? So she objects to the breaking up of Google, this Jen Janai um, person, because she's suggesting that if Google were broken up into smaller corporate entities, that they don't have the collective combined power to prevent the election of Donald Trump. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, process what this lady said. This is a search engine. That's what Google is. Now, Alphabet, their larger company, has other entities that do different things. Mm -hmm. But Google.com is a search engine. Their stated corporate interest is to refine search categories. Not according to Jen Janai. According to her, one of their goals is to influence electoral outcomes. Sounds to me like collusion. Yeah. No, we can't. Time out. We can't say. Hey, someone sent me a referee hat, Joe. Hey. Putting on the referee hat. Under the hood for review. So <laughs> thank you for this, by the way. You like that? Yeah. So red flag. I th shame on me. I mistakenly thought Google was out there to refine search engines to make it for easy for people to search knowledge and facts on the internet. Mm. Time out. Red flag, you are absolutely wrong. Google's stated search is to influence political outcomes, clearly. Great Google. This is an enormous, it's a very definition. <laughs> this is the very Ooh. definition of collusion. Folks, please read the piece. Again, I have it up at Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll, yeah, I'll email it right to you every morning. Uh, it is worth your time. It is worth your time to watch this video. There is some devastating stuff in there. They also talk about what I, I just kind of uh, gave you a little bit of an analogy about how the fill-in terms work on search. But they actually give within the Project Veritas piece a couple of examples from apparently, allegedly some Google internal documents where they fill in some of this stuff. One of them is like Donald Trump's emails and it'll link to Donald Trump's stories about Donald Trump Jr.'s emails about the Russian thing, the meeting. But then it has another like Hillary Clinton's emails and it's all blank. In other words, it won't send you to Hillary Clinton's email stories. You understand this is the very definition of gaslighting corporate propaganda. But this story, I can almost guarantee you, will go nowhere in the mainstream media because they're not interested. They're not interested in the corporate collusion with... The, that's right. Wait, what do I hear? Oh, that was Is that, that's what we... Crickets! Crickets! We will absolutely hear crickets. I'm, I'm going to get a fake cricket for the desk here. Don't send <laughs> fake crickets. A big cricket. I will get one for the... Yeah, big fake cricket to put up on... This is... That's what you'll hear yeah. on the media today. Now, it reminds me... Of what we talked about last week, Josh Hawley, Republican senator from Missouri, who had proposed some legislation. Now, uh, we discussed it on last week's show. Please listen to last week's shows. I thought were really good. We produced some good content for you. But there was a Republican senator proposing a bill to combat this. I had some objections to it. The essence of it was this. Platforms like Google, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook have have some immunity from lawsuits because they're platforms, not publishers, or so they state. In other words, if you publish information like the New York Times and you publish defamatory information, the New York Times can be sued. Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Google say, hey, we're just, we're not publishers, we're just platforms. 
we can't be sued for the content because we don't put it up. We're an open platform. People tweet and Facebook. Got it? Okay, very simple. Uh, Hawley's proposed some legislation to take some of that away if they can't prove they're not politically biased. I know that sounds great. I had some. I like Josh Hawley a lot, but I had some objections to it, which I discussed on last week's show. But I did not propose to you a solution. I've been thinking about this all weekend, and I think a way to combat this, and something someone should put out there right away, is, you know, we have these airline passenger bill of rights, and I'm not really a huge fan of a lot of these things. I don't like government interference in the free market for a lot of reasons, folks. It usually doesn't work and backfires. But I think a good idea would be to formulate an internet users or a consumer of these platforms bill of rights. And one of the better suggestions that I've seen and heard out there, and I'd like to incorporate into a solutions platform, my own Joe, is this very simple. There should be a user's bill of rights for this. And if you are a user, a consumer, or a provider of content on these platforms like YouTube, very simply, Joe, if your political information like my show is demonetized, mm -hmm. which happens on YouTube all the time, by the way, you should, they, oh, this Bill of Rights, there should be an enforceable Bill of Rights with a private right of action that says, listen, if you can't explain to me a reason why you deleted my conservative content or you demonetized it on YouTube or deleted it from Twitter or banned me from running ads, if you can't provide a clear reason in your, in your stated terms of service that is not related to politics, then I should have the private right of action to sue. Fair enough? Yeah. I think a, a, a like, there's patient's bill of rights, there's airline passenger bill of rights. There should this is the way to combat this stuff to create some bill of rights for these uh, these users on these platforms. Where at a minimum, if they are going to discriminate on political content, they have to provide you an in writing reason, whether email, DM, or notification to your YouTube account, what exactly you did, how to correct it, and what precisely you violated in a precise reason. That's the way to fix this stuff tomorrow. Because, they'll, by the way, they'll never put that in writing. Why, Joe? Mm. Obviously, because the reason they're doing it is political, as we find out from this Google executive who opened up on tape. Check out this story from Project Veritas. Ladies and gentlemen, it is absolutely devastating for them. All right, listen, don't go anywhere. Um, This is the possibly the best summation of socialism versus capitalism I've ever heard. Um, it is a great video. I'm going to get to that, but I want to lead off talking about Bernie Sanders first. All right, don't go anywhere. Before we get to that, today's show also brought to you by my buddies at Teeter. I just got off my Teeter. Go to teeter.com slash Dan to pick up your Teeter inversion table. I use this twice a day. It's an inversion table. You get on, you, you secure your feet in, and you invert. And I get a Teeter just a, a, I get a teeter high out of it. I love it. Um, I, it elongates my spine. It helps with my arthritis. I use teeter twice a day. I could not work out at 44 going on 45 at the degree I do without my teeter inversion table. Decompressing on the teeter inversion table for just a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine. Help maintain a ha healthy, active lifestyle. Helps with me, my arthritis. Helps keep your spine healthy. Decompress, pull that spine out. Let those fluids get in there. Clean out the junk. I feel like a new man when I get off my teeter inversion table. Use it twice a day. Three million people have put their trust in Teeter. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, you can get Teeter's brand new 2019 upgraded model of the inversion table. The Teeter fits spine with bonus accessories. Stretch Max handles helps you stretch your spine out. An easy reach ankle system plus a free inversion program mat with 24 stretches and exercises. The Teeter inversion table has thousands of reviews on Amazon. They're rated at 4.6 stars. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to teeter.com slash dan. 
You'll get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's absolutely no risk to try it out. Remember, get the new 2019 Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table plus a free inversion program mat by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan, teeter.com slash Dan. Check this thing out, folks. It really is cool. I love it. I use it twice a day. It's made my life so much better. Really enjoy it. Okay, so before we get to the video, I want to put it in context of another ridiculous, outrageous proposal by crazy Bernie Sanders, who is going off the deep end every day. Uh, I heard, uh, forgive me, I can't remember who said it on Fox this weekend, but it was really terrific. Someone on Fox this weekend said the Democrat primary is becoming, this was a great line. I wish I would have remembered for proper attribution. Um, They said, the Democrat primary is becoming like a reverse auction. You know, like an auction, Joe. Yeah. Here, twenty-five, twenty-five, here, thirty. We got a thirty. We got there. Here, thirty, 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 thirty. Do we got a four? We got a four. Here, forty, forty, forty. Remember, you know how these yeah. auctions people. It's a reverse auction. It's like here we're gonna give away free God. Here we're gonna give away free money. Here we're gonna give away our food stamps, everybody. Uh, here we're gonna give away free medicine, everybody. This is what it's like, and they're all one of like Elizabeth Warren's like free medicine, free medicine, free medicine times ten. Then Bernie says it's like free, 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 free health care, free health care, free health, and then, and then Cory Booker's. Like, Free health, free healthcare for illegal immigrants too, and then and then Pete Buttigieg, free healthcare for free healthcare for space aliens too. Uh-huh. Well, we don't have space. Well, what if they visit? We have to take care of them too. This is what is the reverse auction. It was the greatest line ever. Donald Trump, uh, the President Trump. You need to find that and put that out in your Twitter feed. It is so right, and everybody thinks in stories, narratives, and analogies, and that so nails it. It is a reverse auction to give away more of what your money. Hmm. The government doesn't make anything. It doesn't create anything. The government's not a private free market entity. The government gets its assets and its money from you. So the Democrats are in a reverse auction to give away more of your money to other people, which is really outstanding that moderate Democrats haven't figured this out yet. You know, the great Milton Friedman line Mm -hmm. that, you know, the big joke of government spending is, your neighbor thinks there's, uh, you know, the neighbor thinks you're spending your money, but you, you know, your other neighbor says the same thing. In other words, it's every neighbor spending other neighbor's money. It, you know, the the joke is your neighbor's paying for it, but the other neighbor says the same thing. In other yeah. words, it's everybody spending everybody else's money on everybody else. It's your money, no matter which way you cut it. It's your money. So here's video of Bernie Sanders, who now proposed uh, over the weekend, um, hat tip, uh, face the nation. He was on Face the Nation, and he this is about a minute cut, and he talks about not only free health care, but now, Joe, he wants to institute a financial transactions tax on basically every stock, oh. bond, and derivatives trade okay. in the country. Yeah. Yes, to pay for, oh, yeah. to wipe out everybody's student debt. Listen to this cut. Our message of guaranteeing health care to all people resonates with a significant majority of people who are going to vote Democratic. I think making public colleges and universities tuition free and very substantially lowering student debt, which is an incredible burden on an entire generation of people, is going to win us a lot of support. Okay. Um, Yeah. So let's just distill this down to what he just said. Mm. So now, Joe... I, uh, listen, I don't know Joe's personal finances. Obviously, we're friends, yeah. but you know everybody has private business, and we don't. Joe and I don't talk like that. Right. But I know generally that Joe is not Bill Gates, and neither am I. Correct. 
So Joe now, who has taken the responsibility for little Joe mm-hmm. to pay for his education, now, Joe, go to Bernie Sanders. You're not only going to have to pay for little Joe, you're going to have to pay for Joey Bag of Donuts, your next door neighbor, and his little Joe's education, too. So now, not only with me, not only did I have to pay off, which I, did we just pay him? Paul, did we just pay off our student debt? We, yeah, we did. Wow. Uh, not only, which was substantial. Yeah. Remember, I... I you know, I hate talking about my, it really, it drives me crazy. Anyone else talk about their education is usually an idiot. But for the <laughs> sake, I'm going to make an exception for the sake of this because we're talking about finances, not, you know, look how smart I am. I went to school. I did an MBA at Penn State. It was not cheap, mm. folks. I'm not going to tell you what it was. You can figure it out online, but I promise you it was not cheap. Um, I did a graduate degree at City University of New York, and I also paid for my own college, a bachelor's degree at Queens College. Queens College was reasonable. The City University of New York was reasonable. And, you know, Penn State was expensive, very expensive. Sure. Folks, we do okay, Paul and I. We just paid that off. I'm 44. I'm not kidding. We just paid it off, maybe within the last year. I'm also in the process now of I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old. I am also in the process now, Paul and I both, of working a lot. I mean, listen, it's not a sob story. I love my job. I love my audience. But we work pretty hard. My wife was working all week. She was up last night. I wake up at like two o'clock in the morning. She's still up doing our QuickBooks and all that stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Go to sleep. And she gets up at six o'clock, you know, for the, to take the kids to school while I put together the show. Not a sob story. We're proud of the work we do. We love it. Work is dignity, but it's hard. And we have mm-hmm. to save money for our kids' education. So now let me, let me get this straight. Bernie Sanders program, which taxes all of us, Mason, no, it doesn't, Dan. It taxes financial transactions in the stock market. Folks, you are all touched by the stock market. All of you. The businesses you work for that trade in stock, many of them that are publicly traded, the businesses that hire these people, this is going to be a cost. It is going to decrease their their, their market cap. It is going to decrease their ability to sell their stock and raise money for new companies that have IPOs out there. It is going to make it difficult for them to acquire debt and grow. You have pension funds for middle-class America that are heavily invested in stocks and bonds. This is a tax on you. Bernie Sanders talks about it like everybody listening is some kind of financial idiot. We're just going to tax. We're going to tax financial transactions. We are (laughs) only taxing rich people and the bonds and the derivatives. This will not touch middle-class America. Uh, Mr. Bernie, you realize pension funds, CalPERS, state pension funds are invested heavily in the market, right? And that people work for these businesses that issue stock to raise money, to grow, to give their workers raises and produce better products. I don't care. I am not talking about that. I hate the rich people and they will pay. Bernie, that's just not true. You're just I don't care. People will die if we don't pay. <laughs> this is Bernie said. This guy talks to all of you like you guys and ladies are idiots. You think it's free money. We're going to tax financial transactions, but don't worry. Nobody's going to. And, and their point is, think about how ridiculous his point is. So he needs about $1.6 trillion to pay off everybody's student loan in America. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, after you've already paid your own and you're saving for your kids, now you got to pay for your neighbor's college. Too. I'm not interested. Go pound sand. I'm sorry. I love my neighbor. I'm not paying for your kid's college. I'm not interested. I got my own kid's college to worry about and my own and Paula's too. Paula went to an elite business school in New York. I'm not kidding. I was kind of jealous when I first met her. She did. She went to like one of the best business schools in the country. 
That's why she's so smart. We got to pay all that up. But Bernie's point is ridiculous. This is only for the rich. We are not taxing the middle class. Well, Bernie, if it's only for the rich, how are you going to get the money? The rich don't have enough money and don't trade enough to raise that kind of money to pay it off. That's not what I said. It's going to affect the rich middle class, too. You just said it was the middle class. Now you said it was the rich. I'm trying to gaslight your dopey. <laughs> this guy is lying to you. He's that your, your neighbor thinks you're paying for it, and you think he's paying for it. You're all paying. This is a reverse auction. A re- this is like the stupid auction. This is the auction for stupid people. Here, 25, 25, 25, here, 45. We're going to take your money. We're going to take your It's like Oprah. Remember Oprah used to do, and a car for you, and a car for you, <laughs> and a book for you. This is, and everybody's like in the audience clapping until they realize that they stole everybody's car in the audience and they're giving everybody's <laughs> car to someone else. Then they're like, a car for me? That's my car you just gave away. It's your money. It's your, it, 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 Bernie is counting on you. He needs you to be a moron. If you're a moron, you believe this stuff. We're going to pay off your student loans. Kids, you are going to pay off your student loans. Listen to me. Every debt is paid off by the debtor or by the creditor. There it is. Do you understand this? Yep. Friedman has said this. This is not complex. If I lend Joe money Mm -hmm. and Joe pays me back, Joe, the debtor, paid me back. His debt is paid. Right. If I lend Joe money and he doesn't pay me back, Joe's debt is paid. By who? By me, you. the creditor. Yep. All debts are paid. There's no money fairy. There is no money fairy. I don't care what Bernie tells you. There is no money fairy. Ever. If your student debt is going to be paid, it is going to be paid by you. There's no way around it. Either through taxes lower economic growth, or by you paying back your own debt yourself. There is no money fairy. Now, in one of the best summations, hat tip, uh, forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong, by the way, Navel Ravenkent. Um, I saw this on Twitter. It is a quick one-minute video, and it is a synopsis of commentary by probably one of my favorite commentators of all time, Nassim Taleb. I highly, highly recommend his books. I have no, I've never met this man. I have no financial interest in his enterprise at all. I I think he's N Taleb, uh, T-A-L-E-B on Twitter. Um, His commentary is spectacular. He wrote the book, which I bring up often to the chagrin of Joe, uh, uh, The Black Swan. He also wrote Skin in the Game, Mm -hmm. which is his recent book, the Black Swan is a transformative piece yep. of, 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 of literary work. It's amazing. You can't read the book and see the world the same way again. Talib is a great commentator on things. He really gets it in many ways. Uh, everything from history to economics. This guy's summarizing what Talib has said about, folks, the difference between free markets and socialism And why principles, you may be shocked by me saying this, but why principles of so-called socialism may work at small degrees of organization, but as you get bigger and bigger, they fall apart. Listen to this explanation. We come back, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Socialism comes from the heart, right? We all want to be socialist. Capitalism comes from the head because they're always cheaters in any system. Yes. And there's incentives in any system. So 
when you're young, if you're, if, if you're not a socialist, you have no heart. When you're older, if you're not a capitalist, you have no head, right? right? You haven't thought it through. So I understand where it comes from. I always liked Nassim Taleb's framing on this, where he said, with my family, I'm a communist. Mm. With my close friends, I'm a socialist. Uh, you know, at my state level politics, I'm a Democrat. Mm. At, you know, higher levels, I'm a, I'm a Republican. And at the federal level, I'm a libertarian, mm. right? So basically, the larger the group of people you have massed together who have different interests, the less trust there is, the more cheating there is, the better the incentives have to be aligned, the better the system has to work, the more you go towards capitalism. The smaller the group you're in, you're in a kibbutz, you're in your commune, you're in your house, you're in your tribe, by all means, be a socialist with my aunts, with my brother, with my cousins, with my uncles, with my mom, with yes. my family. I'm a socialist. That's the right way to live a loving, happy, integrated life. Hmm. And folks, I ask you a lot to share the content because I like our show. I love our audience, obviously. But I'm asking you to please share today's show and make sure people see that part. Uh, I, I, I can't explain it any better. I, I, Talib is on, on Econ Talk, another good podcast I listen to by Russ Roberts. Talib has been on there quite a bit, and he talks about this with Russ Roberts on a number of different episodes. But he talks about how the principles of socialism, collective top-down management, top-down control of everything from the means of production to people's economic freedom and liberty and what they can and can't do, that that socialism, ironically, folks, works at lower levels of organization. I mean, think about what he said, right? In your own family, he says, in my own family, I'm a communist, right? And it, it, there are right. parts of that, Joe, that's true. Mm -hmm. If you think about it from a levels of organization and yep. management perspective, right? Communists, we run everything. You listen to us. We control the means of production, right? Mm -hmm. In your house, Joe, when you raised little Joe, when I raised my two daughters, right? It's it's not a democracy. No. You don't say to your seven-year-old, like, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, I want to pour bleach in the pool and jump in and see how it's going to work. Very, very bad idea, kids. <laughs> bad idea. Like, that's so, you could kill yourself. You don't let them, well, we're going to vote on it. We're not voting on that. We're not voting on that. I'm not voting on a five-year-old being allowed to eat a gumball this big they could choke on. It's But I want it. It'll taste good. I'm not letting you do that. It is a top-down, hierarchical, upper-level management approach where me and my wife make the decisions and the kids listen. Reminiscent of a communist regime. But why does that work in the family and collapses the levels of organization get bigger and bigger? My neighborhood, my HOA, my town, then my county, then my state, then my government. Why don't those top-down rules work? Well, they don't work because of something we haven't brought up in a while, Joe, but I know it'll ring your bell. When you think about the principles of subsidiarity, you'll understand why none of this works as the organization gets higher mm -hmm. and higher. Subsidiarity is problems should be taken care of very simply. It's, it's a religious principle as well at the most immediate level possible. In other words, I have a problem with the tree in front of my house, Joe. Right. What's the immediate level of responsibility? Me and my wife, we own the yeah. house. With Democrats and liberals, it's like the federal government should have a tree management program. Why? I can handle this myself. That is the immediate level. Subsidiarity. Problems should be taken care of by the most accountable, directly responsible, immediate level people close to the problem. Right. It just makes sense. But why? Why? Why does communism 
And again, we're not talking about the, we're talking about as a, as a, as a top-down hierarchical, not the political ideology that's killed hundreds of millions, but why would socialism and that work at low levels of organization, basically me and my neighbors on the block doing a block party where we institute some level of hierarchy and someone organizes the block party? Why? Because subsidiarity are two things that matter, knowledge and accountability. Why does socialism work in my household where me and my wife are in charge and it's not a democracy? Because we have a knowledge issue. We, the knowledge issue is we understand our two daughters. We raise them. I know my youngest daughter. I love her to death, but I know some of her tendencies sometimes if, you know, we don't play out a couple Barbie movies on the weekend. If you don't play, she's going to cry. Mm. So sometimes we have to cut, draw the line on the Barbie movie. Why? They voted on my daughter wants to watch Barbie movie. It's not good for her to sit her in front of a screen for six hours. So we don't let her do it. Sadly, that causes some pain for her. But it's understood because my wife and I know my daughter will literally watch Barbie. What, Paula? For six to ten hours straight? Nonstop. She will never. That, that is bad for her developing brain. So we don't let her do what keeps her happy. Because we have a knowledge relationship with her. We have a knowledge uh, issue that is a gap when it comes to the federal government. If the federal government mandates Barbie viewing and hours of it a week, they have no idea what works for me and my wife. Sometimes, hey, on a Saturday night, my wife and I want to have a few adult sodas. We'll put a Barbie movie on. Let my daughter relax a little bit. You don't let the government make those decisions. There's also an accountability issue. If I have a problem with the sidewalk in front of my house, I go to my HOA. Why? They know the sidewalk in front of my house because we all live here. They have a knowledge issue. They're attached to it. They understand the federal government shouldn't have to fix my sidewalk. I don't want to pay the federal government. Also, on the accountability side, if the HOA, which we vote in, by the way, in my neighborhood here, if they don't fix the sidewalk in front of my house, my vote makes a difference. Joe, yeah. probably 30, 40 people seriously vote in the HOA election mm -hmm. in my neighborhood. Believe me, mine and Paula, our votes make a big difference. Yes. You don't fix. We had a management company in this HOA. They threw out a little while ago. People didn't like it. They, they brought in a new company. It was as simple as that. Good luck with the, throwing the federal government out. There's an accountability that is not available at the federal level. Listen, my vote matters in the federal elections, but folks, do you really think my wife and I voting for Trump in the 2020 election is going to swing the election? The chances of that are a big fat zero. It's not going to happen. But my vote locally is accountable and matters a lot. My vote in Martin County elections matters a lot. You know, my vote when uh, over in Sewell's matters a lot. It doesn't matter much in the federal elections. Not that you shouldn't do it, but I'm not as accountable there. They're not as accountable to me because I'm one of, of 30 plus million people who are going to vote in a certain way. You dig? But with my HOA, I'm one of 30. I matter. My knowledge matters. Their knowledge matters. I just wish more people college years and moderate to left-leaning Democrats would consider what I'm saying. If you want to hear it from, you know, more eloquent people who say, you know, read Capitalism and Freedom by Friedman. Read The Black Swan. Read any of the works by Thomas Sowell about accountability.
vision of the anointed. And you'll figure out what I'm telling you makes sense. Subsidiarity matters. The immediate level matters. As we get to the federal government, as, as Naval Ravenkent just said in that piece, you know, citing Talib, you should be a libertarian. Because mm-hmm. the federal government has no knowledge of your situation at all. No knowledge of your county, your town, your kid's school. They don't. They're dealing with the whole country. And they have practically zero accountability because your vote means nothing to them. Bingo. So why should they handle their, your problems if they're not accountable to you and they don't understand you? The answer is they shouldn't. But Bernie wants you, he wants to get involved in mandating the entire student loan mark by getting you to pay off your neighbor's loans. Ridiculous. This is so dumb. Not to mention the cost and quality problem. Remember the fourth way to spend money? Other people spending other people's money on other people? people? (laughs) That's the government. And when other people, the government, spend other people's money, the taxpayer, on other taxpayers, neither cost nor quality matters. So now you have a knowledge problem, an accountability problem, a cost problem. Other people don't care about spending other people's money. They don't care about the cost. It's not their money. But they don't care about the quality because they're not even paying off their loans. They're paying off other taxpayer loans. They don't care about the quality of the education. It's not theirs. This is why big government stinks. Stinks to the heavens. Levels of organization matter. That was a great piece. Uh, hat tip to the Twitter account we put up on the YouTube account. You can go check them out. Uh, check out the video, by the way, youtube.com slash Bongino. Folks, please subscribe. I know they they do everything they can to demonetize us, but it really does help. It's not about the money to me on YouTube at all. Believe me, they can go into a whole big show on that. Show knows. It really is about getting the message out there, and some people just find YouTube a little easier to watch the show. Please subscribe, though. It really matters. It helps people find our videos. YouTube.com slash Bongino. All right. Don't go anywhere. I, I I can't believe this connection was missed. I can't believe it. Big, huge monster story this week that came out about the Malaysian airliner that was taken down over Ukraine by a book missile. And the connections, and nobody made the connection from one of the guys who organized the transfer of this weapons technology that shot this arrow. They missed it. Hmm. The story's totally missed. As usual, you're only going to see it here. Don't go anywhere. Finally, today's show brought to you, everybody, at Helix Sleep. They got me through the night last night, even though the AC broke. Listen, Helix Sleep has the finest mattresses out there for the money. You're not going to find a better product to sleep on than Helix Sleep. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Don't go into one of those mattress stores. You're sitting in there all day. So this one, you take the two-minute quiz online, they match it perfectly for you. You're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper. You like a plush or a firm bed. With Helix, there's no more guesswork and confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated number one. The number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine and CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. And for couples, Helix can split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. They are so confident in their product, folks, and so am I. It's like we have two of them in my house. You'll get to try it out 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Don't worry about that. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. That's a lot. $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. 
That's helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Don't waste your life sleeping on a garbage mattress, waking up all groggy. Helixsleep.com slash Dan, the best in the business. Okay. So I saw this story over the weekend at the Wall Street Journal. Um, many of you remember this tragic incident, 298 souls lost. There was a Malaysian airliner flying over uh, Ukrainian mm -hmm. territory. It was shot down by a Soviet missile. Mm -hmm. uh, there were allegations that the Soviets transferred that missile property over to Ukrainian separatists, aligning with the Russian ideological cause, which was to, you know, to take over portions of eastern Ukraine and Crimea. So this was an invasion of eastern Ukraine. And the piece in the Wall Street Journal is, uh, is interesting. Uh, it's by Holman Jenkins, who does some good work over there in the tech sector. It says, Putinism in the dock for airliner shootdown. The Kremlin's chief ideologist is cited by Dutch prosecutors as providing the murder weapon. Dutch prosecutors are looking into this case. Who shot this Malaysian airliner down? Wow. And who did they come up with? It's a name familiar to Joe, but put up the first portion of this piece. Now add the murder of 298 airline passengers. A Dutch prosecution this week named three former Russian intelligence operatives as being involved in the deployment of a book missile battery across the border into Ukraine. Their efforts, oh, get ready, folks. Their efforts were allegedly directed by one Vladislav Surkov. Wow. Surkov, where have we heard that name before? Before we get to that, hmm. let's continue with the Wall Street Journal piece. There's another portion of this I think you may find uh, fascinating and interesting. Since 2013, Surkov has also served as Mr. Putin's special advisor on Ukraine. This places him at the center of the regime's highest risk machination. Subject to sanctions in 2014 by the Obama administration for the Crimea grab, Surkov airily replied, the only things that interest me in America are Tupac Shakur, Allen Ginsberg, and Jackson Pollock. So let's lay out the facts. And amazingly, this was missed by the mainstream media. Hmm. So this missile we know took out this airliner, killing tragically 298 people. The Dutch prosecutors are looking into it. They've come to the conclusion that the transfer of that Russian missile into Ukrainian territory was being directed by Vladimir Putin's right-hand guy, Vladislav Surkov, a name we've heard before. We know also that Surkov was Putin's point man in Ukraine. Um, who was Surkov? First, you know, before we get to that. Let's go to this political piece. Is this the same Ukrainian enterprise that was involved in the damaging of the Donald Trump campaign? So Putin's right-hand guy is heavily involved in Ukraine. Kenneth Vogel, David Stern, Politico from 2017. Ukrainian efforts to sabotage the Trump campaign backfire. Interesting. This piece has some great little nuggets in it mm -hmm. about how information was transferred to Ukrainians, transferred on from those Ukrainians to Alexandra Chalupa at the DNC, who allegedly transferred them on to the media. And that information was used to attack Donald Trump repeatedly throughout the 2016 campaign. Sounds like collusion to me, Joe. 
Here's from the political yeah. piece. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide, that's Manafort, by the way, in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a Politico investigation found. This is Politico, a far left at times leaning website, yeah. which is reported as far back as 2017 that the Ukrainians were clearly 100% colluding with Democrat officials and Hillary Clinton team members to put out negative information on the Trump team, Joe, to damage them. That's the very definition of collusion. Mm -hmm. We now find out mm -hmm. that Putin's point man, Vladislav Surkov, was the point man on Ukraine, the same Ukraine that was trying to damage Donald Trump. Surkov is also the point man on the transfer of Russian military equipment to Ukraine used to take down and shoot down a commercial airliner that killed 298 people. Where was the connection missed? Where else did Surkov's name appear? Oh, let's look at this little note. This is cute. This is just a doozy. This, of course, is the note uh, from Kathleen Kavalek, a State Department official who interviewed Christopher Steele, infamous author of the dossier. Christopher Steele was hired by the Clinton team to gin up information on Trump that turned out to be fake. Christopher Steele, look at the note yourself. This is Kathleen Kavalek's handwriting. Tells Kavalek of the State Department in an October 2016 interview, his sources are who? Look right underneath. We had that circled for another reason. Trubnikov, and right beneath that, Surkov. Oh. So just to be clear here, mm -hmm. the guy paid by Hillary's team who are working with Ukrainians to gin up negative information on Trump, by the way, Hillary's team, that is, is also paying another guy, Christopher Steele, who tells Hillary's State Department, well, John Kerry's at the time, but where she had worked, tells Hillary's State Department and people who know her that one of his sources for the negative information on Trump is Surkov, the same guy involved now, according to Dutch prosecutors, with this transferring of weapons scheme used to take down and kill 298 people on a commercial airliner. Is anybody interested in this story? And hello, mainstream media. Is anybody out there interested in this story? Now, Surkov had this interesting little piece of Newsweek we covered three weeks ago, four weeks ago when I was out in Los Angeles, where he wrote this in a Newsweek. This is a Newsweek piece of Newsweek. Vladimir Putin's advisor tells Americans, Russian interferes, Russia interferes in your brains. We change your conscience. This is Surkov. Listen to this quote. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. Same guy working with Steele, according to Steele's own words, and same guy involved in this weapons transfer and the death of 298 people. He says... The illusion of choice is the most important illusion, the main trick of Western democracy especially. The rejection of this illusion in favor of the reality that everything is predestined will allow society to reflect first on our vision of democratic development, Surkoff wrote. Foreign politicians talk about Russia's interference in elections and referendums around the world. In fact, the matter is even more serious. Russia interferes in your brains. We change your conscience. And there is nothing you can do about it. This is Putin's guy. This guy is laughing at us. He was a source for Steele, according to Steele, not me. Those are the State Department's own notes. Sources, Surkov. 
The same guy who proudly in Newsweek professes his gaslighting abilities to propagandize the American people saying there's nothing you can do about it. And we did nothing about it. We rolled with his disinformation through Steele and started an investigation based on Surkoff's disinformation into our own president. This idiot played the Democrats and the media like a fiddle. While simultaneously, apparently according to Dutch prosecutors now, being involved in the transfer of a weapon used to slay 298 people across a commercial airliner. And he's also the point guy for Ukraine, which was responsible for a lot of the disinformation coming into America while they were working with DNC operatives and Hillary. Don't worry, media people. Don't co- You're only going to get this here. And believe me, that gives me no joy. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just telling you, the media is turned into a grotesque deformation of the truth. They're not interested, folks. You know, one of the great thinkers of our time was Hannah Arendt, who wrote some really amazing books and covered extensively the crimes by the Nazis as well. And anytime you're in doubt, there's always pretty a good Hannah Arendt quote about tyranny. And I wanted to put this one up and read this to you just to show you how badly the media has failed us. You won't hear any of this stuff we're talking about anywhere else. Hannah Arendt, quote, The result of a consistent and total substitution of lies for factual truth is not that the lie will now be accepted as truth and truth will be defamed as a lie, but that the sense by which we take our bearings in the real world And the category of truth versus falsehood is among the mental means to this end, is being destroyed. Oh, wow. Dude. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, persistent lying and gaslighting, like our media is engaged in now, the danger of that is not that people are going to believe the lie. We didn't. We called the media out Mm -hmm. and we're right the whole time. The collusion was a hoax. The media was wrong. This show and many others, Sarah Carter, Solomon, Hannity, we were right. Levin, we were right. They were wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not the danger. Arendt sums it up beautifully. The danger of consistent media lying is not that you'll believe the lie. It's that it'll destroy any definition of what the truth is anymore. People are wading through this fog of lies and we're waiting. Is the truth ever going to come out? No one even knows what the truth is anymore because we don't trust the sources. The media has one job, to get you the facts and the data for you to formulate your own opinion. They have failed in absolutely stunning, epic fashion. The media has let you down. They will not report on this, that Dutch prosecutors are now pinning this crime on Surkoff, who was allegedly one of Hillary Clinton's team sources for disinformation on Donald Trump and was a point man on Ukraine, who was also another source for the Clinton team. That will totally escape the mainstream media along with the Project Veritas story and just about everything else we talk about on this show. You want another doozy? We're going to end the show on today. You probably won't hear anything about this story in the mainstream media today as well. They were a little bit late to the party. I had this uh, massive media bias alert. That's how I wrote this. (laughs) Have you seen this story about far-left radical congresswoman Ilhan Omar? I have it up at IJ Review. Again, at the show notes, please go to Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I will get you these stories every day. By Madison Dibble. I'll send it out. It's up at Bongino.com. Please read it. 
Ilhan Omar, far left radical congresswoman who's had some gross anti-Semitic comments. Omar faces questions after report fails to disprove she married her brother to protect his immigration status. Huh? Eh? What? We're going to have to handle this one very delicate. Gingery. Not for the reasons you think either. <laughs> because it's a family-friendly show. Yes, sir. That's why. Yes, sir. From the IJ piece first, let's describe Ilhan Omar, her, her, uh, her marriage history first. So that's actually number two, but her marriage history is disturbing. Apparently, she married her brother to protect his immigration status. His name is Ahmed Hersey. So Ahmed, no, no, no. Ahmed Hersey's her, I, I, even I'm getting confused. Ahmed <laughs> Hersey apparently is her husband later. It's, it's confusing. Here it is. Uh, Omar married Ahmed Hersey in a religious ceremony in, 20, in 2002, but the couple never legally wed. So she and Hersey split in 2008. This is the congresswoman citing an impasse in their life together. The congresswoman then legally married Ahmed Elmi in 2009. This is supposedly her brother. The company, the, the couple split in 2011, but did not legally divorce until 2017. In 2012, Omar reconnects with Hersey and the couple have their third child. Omar then legally married Hersey in 2018. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the second snippet from So you following this here? This is oh, tough. Oh, boy. This is what this story's really about. Again, back to Hannah Arendt, when the media lies to you over and over. The media had this story. In 2016, a small Minnesota outlet, Alpha News, put together a report that alleged that Omar and Elmi were siblings and had only gotten married to game the immigration system. The report struggled to gain mainstream traction in the state, as reporter David Steinberg explained, and he did. He explained on his Twitter this weekend. This story was out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not even a story so much about Ilhan Omar as it is about our grotesque gaslighting, lying mainstream media that can't get anything right. Are you telling me with a straight face? I'll get to Omar's response in a minute, too, which is disgusting. Omar trying to make this about race and Islamophobia because she doesn't want any questions because she, she thinks she's a benighted class now, right. Ilhan Omar. She's a Democrat. She's protected from all this stuff. Folks, this is more a story about media bias than it is about Omar. The Omar details are troubling, but they were already out in 2016. Why did the media ignore it? Ladies and gentlemen, because she's a Democrat. That's why. It's as simple as that. If this was a story about a female Muslim lawmaker who was a Republican, allegedly marrying her brother so to save him from the her brother uh, i'm sorry if you have kids listening you're trying to explain this yeah. to them to save him from the immigration process to then file taxes with him to then divorce him to remarry a guy you weren't legally married to in the first place this would be front page everywhere front page news no less if it was a lawmaker with the profile which is large of ilhan omar but they've had it since 2016 the star tribune ignores it i want to end with her response because it's it's horrible 
And it's exactly what you would expect from the victim class of lawmakers when they get called on their nonsense, only in the Democrat side. Listen to this statement. This is ridiculous. Prior to the publication of the Tribune report, Tribune, by the way, two, uh, three years late to the story, her spokesperson released a statement on Friday saying, quote, this is so stupid. Whether by colluding with right-wing outlets to go after Muslim elected officials or hounding family members, legitimate media outlets have a responsibility not to fan the flames of hate. Continuing to do so is not only demeaning to Ilhan, but to her entire family. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, throw that statement right in the garbage. This is Ilhan Omar desperate to not answer basic questions about an enormous political scandal on her behalf. And what does she do? She goes right to the victim stuff. You're, this is We're going to call this Islamophobia. You go right ahead. You do whatever you need to do. If you, in fact, married your brother in violation of our immigration laws and then filed taxes, getting some kind of a benefit out of it, and then divorced him, if this happened and we can prove this happened, then I'm sorry, but you need to resign from Congress and all of your fake victim charges go right out the window. This is a story. Don't be misled for a minute by this victim class nonsense Omar's putting out there that this is somehow anti-Muslim. This has absolutely nothing to do with your religion, whatever it may be. It has something to do with potentially malevolent behavior in the United States Congress and before, which needs to be handled. But again, this Star Trib, three years late to the story, would have been front page news anywhere else. All right, Stack Show today, folks. Please, I'm encouraging Woo. you to share the contents. An important show, that Project Veritas, right, Joe? A lot in there. Yeah. The Surkoff story, you're not going to hear anywhere else. And this Ilhan Omar story, which is just it, hard to believe. I read it. I'm like, is this headline right? Check out the show notes today. And please, I humbly ask you, subscribe to our YouTube account. Spread the videos around as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bongino. Also, subscribe to the audio show, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on that, iHeart and SoundCloud. The subscriptions move us up the charts, and they are completely free to you. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.